Welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast. I have a special treat for you today. I was able to sit down and interview a beautiful woman of God, really a Renaissance woman in many ways, who vulnerably shares her journey with God, really her hunger for God that she didn't even know was a hunger for him initially, that turned into this beautiful, radical, wild ride with him, where she literally is able to bring healthy nutrition to her family, nourish and care for her family in so many epic and profound ways and really serve in all of these areas that she's called to. So if you are on a dynamic journey with God and sometimes that gives you some questions, this is definitely an episode for you. Or even if you sense that you've looked for healing in a lot of places and are sensing that there could be healing in food and nutrition, this definitely is an episode for you. So without further ado, here's my friend, Stephanie Rounds. Hello, friend. I'm so excited to have you here. I know that we've been dreaming about this for a minute and talking about it for a second, but I feel like you have so much value to share today. I know a lot of people are on different journeys with God and what you have to share will totally bless them. So tell the peeps who you are. Hi. Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been fun. It's been a little scary to talk about it because you don't really know how people are going to receive you. And you're like, I'm being very vulnerable right now. So I feel a little naked. But um, We go vulnerable and deep over here. Yeah. (laughs) Which honestly, if when you guys, not if, when you guys get to know me a little bit better, you'll know that that's just who I am. Yeah. Um, I have the the infamous name of Wrecking Ball for a reason. Um, That's my nickname that some people have given me because I just tend to wreck through walls and get down to the truth and the vulnerability of people because that's where the real gold is. I don't do, um, what is it, like short shop talk. I don't do that. It doesn't flow well for me. Um, But my name is Stephanie Rounds and I am a mother of four, a wife of Daniel Rounds for 15 years and a um, consummate cellist uh professional baker, pastry artist, and nutritionist, and uh finder of people. So let's just finder of people. That's what I do um for a career right now. And um, I'm executive recruiter. Wow. So that's kind of that's just my little background. But um yeah. yeah I'll share whatever you want, however you want. Yeah, so exciting. I think something that would be we're going to drift into nutrition today, but I think what's helpful to know is a little bit about your journey with God. So just yeah. your experience entirely, like how you came to know God, relationship with God now, how that changes your life. I think it's so helpful to hear that supernatural is normal. That's not something that we're just like reaching to or trying to grab or like figure out or it's super weird. It's like, it's normal. That should oh, be yeah. every day. So help people understand your story a little bit. Yeah. So, um, oh gosh. The very, very beginning is I didn't really grow up in a strong Christian family. Like that just wasn't it. We were weekend Christian people, Christian people that would go on major holidays. And um, my mom would dress us up, my sisters and I, in like really frou little outfits. And Were you in choir? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, in school, yes. But in church, no. Okay. Um, I mean, didn't really have it the center of our house. Wasn't really... The main thing i grew up in an eastern european household my grandparents immigrated here from czechoslovakia so i mean it was just a normal 80s 90s house that you grew up in um but i always had these experiences um dreamt a lot 
when I was a kid, very vivid dreams. I would also have what a lot of people call deja vu all the time. I'm like, I've been here before. I knew this happened. I've seen this before. Like all these different things that have fallen into place. And I just thought it was normal. It just happened all the time. And I would say, hey, this is this is going to happen. Or I saw this. Did it already happen? And people were like, no. And then it would happen. And I'm like, well, that was weird. But that's pretty normal for me. So I guess I'm just a weirdo. Um, and Peculiar, I think, is what the Bible calls it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but I didn't have a lot of friends. I just felt very awkward in school. But I was always drawn to the outcast. And they all would end up kind of, I always kind of wanted to always bring everybody together. Well, um, junior high is when I had a friend that was like, hey, let's go to this place called, um, it was a youth group, but it called Young Life. So it wasn't affiliated with any church. It was very non-denominational, like, place that people got together at a prison's house and like played games and like sang and then somebody would preach and I was like well cool we'll just go and hang out now my heart was still tender because again we I, I wasn't unfamiliar with church but it wasn't like a normal thing for me yeah. um and so I would go frequently <clears throat> and then there was one time when I went to camp and I just felt like this tug at my heart and I'm like I don't know what this is and I just started crying like around the campsite one day. And they're like, if anybody wants to know Jesus, stand up and come forward. And I literally felt my body just get up and go. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like, why am I standing up? Like I it was an out, almost like an out-of-body experience, but it's just I was like, okay, I guess I'm going. And um, and then I that was my first experience with the Lord. And so, you know, young, sixth grade, like wow. sixth, seventh grade. Um, yeah. didn't really know, still like hanging out with like, those kids, still like kind of on the outside. Um, looking in yeah really still liking wanting to be popular but not really popular but quiet still bringing in all the people my house would still be the house where all the kids came and hung out yeah um, everybody would feel I found that everybody felt comfortable around me um just because I saw people for who they were and not what um they were meant to like what other people put on top on top of them i saw them how they were meant to be as the person they were so it was very easy for me to um just be around people and make them feel like they were loved yeah well i mean kind of just flitted back and forth whatever high school rolls around whatever kind of involved kind of not with god and um there was a moment though that i remember i think with my junior year of high school and I was really having a hard time. I'm like, you know what, God? And I went to a performing arts high school for cello. So um, you got to get the scene right. So I'm in Las Vegas. This is where I was born and raised um, at a performing arts high school where all the weirdos are, right? Yeah. Like, but there's no, the funny thing about that school is there's no clicks. <laughs> Everybody's a weirdo and you're accepted for being a weirdo. Texas to be a weirdo. I love that you had a whole school. <laughs> Our whole school. We were just, we were just, I mean, you hung out with the people that you were majoring with. So I was majoring in orchestra, but everybody was friends with everybody and there wasn't any weird um, uh, fights, wasn't any weird other thing like that was going on at the normal high schools around city. So it was a very, it was very interesting how I was brought there because I wasn't going to go. One of my friends um, applied and auditioned and got in because it was a magnet school. My mom's like, well, you're going to audition. If you get in, you're going. I'm like, I don't want to do that. She goes, well, you don't have a choice. And I'm like, well, I'm a people pleaser. So, okay, I'm going to do what you told me to do. At the time, yes, I'm going. <laughs> like I was terrified of my parents at the time, to be really honest. So I'm just like, okay, I'll just go. Um, applied, got in. I mean, auditioned, got in, and one of the best decisions I ever had in my life, to be honest, because 
you felt free to be who you were and to explore. Normally all those things things too are on like the periphery of your life, if at all. So a lot of times you don't even get access to that. So that's so awesome. No, and this one was experience. It was full experience. And the wild thing about that school is that magnet schools, you have to hold a certain GPA to stay there. And if you don't and you fall below, you get kicked out back to your zone school and you're not allowed back in. So, I mean, you have to be held to a higher standard there anyway to show that you need to be, that you want to be a part of this. So, (laughs) excuse me, we were, I found a group of friends who became really close with and they were involved with um, church. They were involved with youth groups and everything. And I, I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. Like, I'm like, well, I feel comfortable. Like, and I know Jesus, I know who he is. I know the Bible. Like I read it. I was supposed to, cause I go to a non-denation, non-denominational, like big secret friendly church. Cool. Yeah. Um, but there was always something in my heart that didn't feel fulfilled. That didn't feel full. Like it always felt like there was a hole in there. And I know I, you hear people say that a lot, but when you actually feel it, like there's something there, like an aching, like there's yeah. something more, yeah. there has to be something more. I have all these experiences that I'm still experiencing very vivid dreams. I'm still experiencing these deja vu moments. Um, I'm like, there has to be something more. And the only thing I can think of is when I'm reading the Bible and these things are happening to these people that this has to be something to do with Jesus. So um, I remember this moment in junior in my junior year of high school going, I don't know if I believe in God. Like, I just don't. I don't know if he's real. Like all these other people are saying, like, he's just a figment of my imagination to make me feel better. All these things. And all of a sudden I hear this audible voice like, yeah. I know it wasn't outside of me, but I heard it go, well, if you didn't believe in me, you wouldn't be questioning if I was real. And I'm like, well, then that and I broke down bawling in the middle of the lunchroom in high school because I heard this voice go, well, if you didn't, if I wasn't real, you wouldn't be questioning if I was real. And I'm like, holy moly. And something just in me shifted. Now, my actions haven't changed from being like a normal teenage girl in a high school I didn't, I didn't party and then smoke and I do drugs and I didn't do any of that stuff. Like yeah. I watched my sisters go down that road and me being who I was as a people pleaser, too afraid of my parents and what they were going to do, watching other people going, you're dumb. I'm going to learn from your mistakes. I'm not going to do that. Like I just, there was no point to it. In my mind, I'm like, why would I do that? And I, I created this whole scenario in me going, well, if I do that, then I could like get pregnant. Or I could do something and then my whole life would be ruined and then I wouldn't know what to do. And I like I I decided to take the fear road of it and yeah. keep myself in that bubble to prevent me from doing really stupid choices, which worked at the time. Yeah. I mean <laughs> I stayed out of trouble um a lot. I mean, the worst thing I did was get piercings and tattoos. And yeah. I never like that's that's the worst thing that happened. And my parents took me to go do those things. Like, well, if you're gonna do it, we'll just take you to do it. Like my house, there was nothing taboo. So I'm like, well, great. That's all I want to do. So, um, there that happened. And so it kind of grew like that, that wandering and that, well, there has to be something more, um, to this Jesus that I'm getting to know than what I'm experiencing. Like, there's something that's just not lining up with my experiences and truth of what I know can happen. And so, um, I had these opportunities to go to certain colleges. Um, I decided I wanted to get to know God better, um, because I felt that that hole being filled from when I would spend time in these pockets of Christian people experiencing 
God in, in these ways and asking questions. Is he real? If he is, then what about this, this, and this? What about, um, what about these healing miracles? What about people's like limbs growing out? What about like hearing his voice? What about seeing these things and then them happening? So the best way I thought I could study that was go to a Christian college. So I chose to go to Vanguard. I got a really good scholarship on cello. I ended up going, um, as a business and biblical major, but I went on a music and, um, academic scholarship because they didn't have a cellist in their orchestra. So I actually helped build their, yeah, I helped build their cello section from just me to about seven by the time I left. So that was fun. That was a whole nother little story, but, um, freshman year of college, I was roommates. Um, actually it was the summer after freshman. So going into my sophomore year, um, I was roommates with a girl who's from Australia and knew Hillsong. And I'm like, I don't know who Hillsong is. Like I'm searching all these churches down in Southern California with her. I'm like, these are very weird. I'm not used to this because I'm used to seeker friendly, very surfacey. And they're like going after very passionate crying. And I'm like, something's happening here. And I didn't know what it was, but I was drawn to it. I'm like, I actually feel normal. Like I feel like this is normal to me. This feels normal. Um, because I remember going to my other church, I would be the only one standing up, put my hands up, like actually really worshiping God. And I'm like, why is nobody else doing this? This is weird. Like it just, it was something just felt off. I'm like, I don't really feel like I belong here because there's so much in me that needs to feel like I need to express to this person because I'm a very expressive, emotional person on that aspect. I'm like, I feel like this is not giving me the availability to do this. So one day she looks at me, she goes, Hey, let's go to a prayer room on the campus at Vanguard. And I'm like, okay, I'll just come with you. Cause I have nothing better to do on a Friday night. And we go there and there's probably about seven of us and a boy was playing piano and they were worshiping and praying. And all of a sudden I start getting hot and I start like, like shaking a little bit. And I'm like, what is happening? And he goes, okay, I'm going to pray. And then if none of you have ever received the Holy spirit, you're going to receive them. And you're going to start speaking a different language. I'm like, I've really entered the twilight zone. This is really weird. Like, okay, whatever. But part of me was like, yeah, but you've been asking these weird questions. Like you want to experience something weird. And I'm like, I guess, like, I don't know. Let's I'm up for whatever. So, I mean, if it's real, it's real. If it's not, then cool. I'll just walk away. Within seconds, I was thrown on the floor on my face. I started like shaking and this language started coming out of my mouth. Like, loud sobs and I'm like what is happening I couldn't stop myself like what is happening and these people like my roommate is sitting over there just like praying and laughing and like laying her hands on me and I'm just like what is happening it's just coming out nonstop. I'm like oh my gosh you're really real like this is for real for real stuff like when I read it in the books of acts this is not fake like people just acting crazy it's actually really happening um and something clicked after that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be the same. I'm never going to be. I mean, I wasn't really cool to begin with, but like something in me goes, no, this just <laughs> felt, I felt okay in my weirdness. I felt okay in my, you're a freak. Like you don't fit in this. Like I felt okay in that spot. Finally, something just clicked. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then the boy who was playing piano turned around and I received what's called my first, um, inspired or prophetic word where it's like you hear from God and you just tell this person 
what God's heart is for them and pretty much spoke these things of my, um, my disjointed relationship with my mother that was very unhealthy, very off all these other questions that I've been having about myself as a person and what was comfortable, what wasn't, um, Mm -hmm. the things that I understood, the things I did it and reading what my thoughts were reading my history, reading all these inner turmoil feelings that you, that you have. Right. And it never has, I've never experienced that before in my life. I'm like, who's telling you this? How do you know? You've never met me ever in your life. And I realized, (laughs) right. That's right. Like, yeah. Reading my mail. And I'm like, well, obviously this has to be God because I have similar situations for other people. Like I just will look at somebody and I'll just know something about them, but I won't know them. And, and I'll talk and be like, Hey, how about it'll be a conversation. I don't mind going up to people and talking to them. I'm a really big people person. And I would have these conversations with them and they'll be like, how do you know that? I'm like, I don't know. I just know that. I don't know. And I realized, Oh my gosh, that's God giving me these heart moments for these people these mind moments for these people I'm like oh my gosh this is really real and he started sharing this prophetic word with me this God moment word with me and uh telling me about how a relationship with my mom was going to be restored my health was going to be restored all these things and I'm just like messed up to the max in college at this point right this is, I'm in college I'm like a freshman sophomore in college this is like 2005 2006 insane okay yeah um, so that really marked me and, and changed me from that moment on. I just never went back. And that hunger, that that um, that ache in my heart and my gut wasn't necessarily soothed, but it felt like a change from an ache to a burning, insatiable feeling that I'm like, I need this. I can't get enough of it. There is yeah. a hunger and a thirst that just can't be satisfied. And it gets deeper and bigger the more I go into, into like knowing God and into his presence and worshiping and hearing him. Yeah. Um, and that never changed me. But that was when my health started taking a turn for the worst. Okay. Yeah. So, so that was like the interesting part. Because I feel like, yeah. not that this is everybody's journey or how it always happens, but it seems like when you first start building a relationship with God, it's almost like, you experience him everywhere. Like his presence is really tangible. You keep yeah. getting all these God moments, having these encounters, and you're like, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? Like it's exciting yeah. all the time. Then you're it's like, where are you? Like, can I even hear you? Or like, I'm going through something really hard. Like, what what happened? Like we were so close. Now it's like, where are you? You know what I mean? So like it sounds like that that happened in your journey too, where you had these epic experiences that felt very almost like out of body kind of, because it was like, you were searching, 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 and then you got thrown into it. Do you know what I mean? You just encountered it on like a whole new level that you couldn't have anticipated. And then it's like, almost that is not the same. And now you're struggling. So talk to me about that and where God was in that. Yeah. So going back to that moment, um, I was in the middle of dealing with my parents getting divorced. Mm -hmm. So really, really messy situation. Um, and, Unfortunately, my older sister and I were the ones to find out and tell my mom, like to confirm it. Um, that was about junior year of high school. And so this, that was kind of where I was going in that turmoil, going to college, trying to figure out what I was going to do. And so the only thing I really, I was convinced that I lived a lie um, because my parents were super affectionate around me and my sisters, but I would always hear them fighting. 
And there was always a disconnect. They were workaholics um, because, you know, 80s and 90s, this is what it was. You chased that dollar to be able to survive. And there was, we had a bigger family with like three girls, which was big for that time. Um, and my grandparents were with us. And so there is just this thing where I'm like, I lived a lie. My whole family was a lie, affection and love. And what that really looks like was like, so there's this thing. I'm like, how can, like, I don't even know what this looks like at all yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, and I can't control any of it. So I went into anorexia. Mm. Um, and my version of that was I would literally measure everything out to the teaspoon. Yes. Um, and then I would go Pilates for an hour, hour and a half, and I would go running and I would just exercise nonstop. Yeah. Um, that was my form of control. I didn't have control with anything else. So I needed to control something. Yeah. Um, and everything and all, I imagine fell out of control at that time. Cause this is when you were in high school. So my parents, I found out about my, my uh, father having an affair on my mother. Um, and my mother just being controlling all that stuff that happened, that happened in high school. Okay. Um, and they filed for a divorce around junior, senior year of high school and finalized like it. identity time, figuring yeah. out who you are. God's yeah. almost getting dropped right straight into relationship with you or vice versa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And wow. I mean, and I, and I was in a deep relationship with my best friend, like at the time he and I were super close, um, convinced I was going to spend the rest of my life with him. Like I just, it, looking back on it, it was a very, he was also coming out of a very abusive, like family situation too. So it's like, we found each other and we just found solace in brokenness with each other and never did anything sexual, nothing like that, but we were stu super close emotionally. Yeah. And so, um, that was hard as well. Yeah. Being away from my only source of like stability and he That's lived in Vegas. Home, so. Right. Like your yeah. whole thing, your home. Yeah. Thing. Uprooted. Yeah, he lived in Vegas and I live in Southern California. I mean, we would visit each other all the time, but it's, there was so much of me like, well, this is what I thought love looked like, what I thought family looked like. And now it doesn't, I don't understand what's happening. I don't, I mean, God, I'm learning you and I'm learning these really amazing physical things that are happening, but this emotional thing inside of me, I don't see where you fit. I don't see where you can make this better. My parents are separated. My, I don't know where I'm going to go. Um, and so I just did what I thought I could do. And I'm like, well, nobody else is going to be supporting me. So I support myself and I'll just control it all. And decided to just take it all up on my own. Um, still walk through, like, believing God for all the crazy, awesome things, like the bigger things, but not the practical things practical things I could take care of. So what's the point in, in relying on an, on a father yeah. who's going to love you and support you, Holy yeah. Spirit, a mother figure who's going to nurture you and take care of you. Like and that was also you, a deep, deep wound that you had too. Yeah. Why would I even rely on a father since he wasn't reliable? Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? I mean, Jesus was easy for me to, to um, confide in because I'm like, oh, you're like my best friend. And that's easy for me to relate to so other yeah. aspects of god just weren't weren't easy yeah um so my mom i came home one summer i had to get my wisdom she taken out but she saw how sick i was getting i lost my period for nine months i've never had sex before in my life and this um, is why you were in college uh-huh this is why i was in vanguard um uh -huh. i am five six very athletic build um at a healthy weight 100 and 
between 135, 130 pounds. I was 100 pounds, wore a size zero in Abercrombie and Fitch. Very unhealthy, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Didn't see it. I was just like, well, this is weird. Um, but my mom's like, we're done. And pulled me out of college and brought me home. She was going through her own thing. Um, my younger sister got super rebellious. It was just a really hot mess. And we left Vegas. Um, I moved back to Vegas, left Vanguard during my sophomore year of high school. Um, sorry, sophomore year of college. Went back to Vegas and then um, left there. And my mom decided I'm selling my house here. We're going to move up to Cedar City, Utah. Why there? God knows why. I'm just like, we're leaving where to go where? Right. Because I don't do that. I don't do snow. I don't do weird, small, clicky Mormon towns or any weird, clicky towns. Like, I just don't do that. Do you see me? I have piercings and tattoos and I like to cuss every now and then. Like, this is not where I'm going to fit. Yes. You know, um, but I was so sick and mentally tired at that point and angry that I was just like, whatever, I'm going to, whatever. I have no control over this because you guys are the ones that were feeding my fun for Vanguard and now I don't have money for that. So I have to leave. so followed her up there my dad stayed in vegas followed my mom my younger sister up to cedar city and um went on a huge healing journey the first real like part of my separation from everything that i knew to get better um the feel like god was in that time could you tell um you know i was still in my bible i was still um, listening to worship music, praying, all the things. So I knew he was there. I just wasn't ready to give up control of something because I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could trust. And I don't think I could put words to it at the time because it felt very taboo to say, God, I don't trust you. Um, there's that fear that was like, well, God is supposed to be all powerful, all knowing, like, perfect. I can't tell this perfect thing that I don't trust him. Totally. And I don't want his help. Like, I I feel like I would be a horrible person. And again, this goes back to my people-pleasing part that I had to deal with when I was younger. Yeah. Going, I'm going to disappoint him. And then, like, what then? So. God, I'm mad at you. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. having conversations like that, it doesn't sound like a normal, accessible thing. No. And be, being in a non-denominational church that was very seeker-friendly, seeker didn't yeah. really talk about these intimate, like, real honest things, these honest physical, emotional things I was truly experiencing that they just didn't talk about because it was too much. So I didn't even have a grid of where to even go or even approach it anymore because I got removed from the very thing that gave me this gift that I've never had before. So I'm like, I don't even know what to do now. So I just did what I did best. I picked up my big girl pants, became the adult, and found a job and my mom up and left and did her traveling real estate, whatever she was doing at the time to try and soothe her brokenness. Couldn't really be the mom that we needed. Um, my younger sister rebelled horribly and I was left with a house, a really nice house in Cedar city. And at like 18, 19 years old, I'm like, I don't, I guess I have to be an adult now. And I had to grow up. Because otherwise, if nobody was going to pick up the pieces, what's going to happen? So I took it upon myself to try to be the mother figure for my younger sister. She rebelled even more. Got a job to do groceries and keep the house together. Try to hold like all of these together. Um, we got involved with the church there, which actually is where my healing really started happening. Um, I ended up getting a job at a coffee shop as the manager 
But the fun thing about this coffee shop is that that was actually owned by our pastor. So we had church there Sunday nights. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting how God sets you up. Right. So he's like, he sees me as this really broken person who's too afraid to talk to him. He's like, it's okay. I'll just be gentle with you. you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just come to you. Um, And you don't see it at the time. Right. Cause you're just in this funk going, whatever. I'll just deal with it and I'll just grow up because that's what you do. You deal with it and move on. That's just life. Suck it up, cupcake. Um, (laughs) So So many words or less. (laughs) So I, um, I get involved with this church. Um, It was at a coffee shop called the grind and um, they were involved with a spirit filled church back in Vegas too. And kind of started um, receiving everything the Holy spirit really did and move and bringing real true characteristics to who God was as a good father and crappy, crappy situations and was able to, the pastor was able to love me where I was at and actually took the place of like a real father figure where my dad just couldn't, um, he couldn't give that what I needed at the time. Um, that's actually that like God though, too. It's like, yeah, not always that he'll heal you. You will restore things, but he doesn't always heal. Cause how can you get the relationship from your father now? It's not like you can go back and miss that time, but he can still redeem it. Oh yeah. Don't expect. And it's absolutely amazing how he does that. Yeah. And you got to understand, like, this is in the most crucial time of a person, not even like a woman, but like a person's life is between the ages of like what, 16 and 21. You're trying to figure out who you are and what you're called to do in a life. And yeah, we take longer to figure it out. And we, but later in life, we're more settled in our skin, but those years you're still looking at your parents, like, your rebellion thinking, oh, I got this. I know it all. But also at the same time, you're kind of getting this right passage going, well, now I'm an adult. And I see that you have these other things and I'm rocked, right? My whole world is split. I have no, I have no um, healthy foundation with either side of my parents. Yeah. So I'm at a loss. I'm like, what do I do? I become my own parent because I have nobody there to, to look at. Yeah. Um, and so nutrition started coming up too. Like, did you, well, how did you fall in love with the nutrition piece to do what you do today? Well, and I'll, I'll get to that. So, um, I was still anorexic at the time. And, uh, in this, in this process, they had a prophetic person come to the service and he called me out and started speaking life to me, um, speaking the gold out and then like, calling out these qualities that I've still had that weren't really spoken into existing and said this is who you are blah 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 blah, and helped me change and I and they also did praying for healings and um mental spiritual all the things so I'm like I don't want to be this way anymore I'm tired like I want to enjoy food and not feel like I have to work it off to have this whatever and so they prayed for me and within an instant I was healed of anorexia like I can't I can't explain other than it felt like my brain got like my brain had chiropractic adjustment, like whatever was out of joint got popped back into place. Yeah. Um, now did I still deal with control issues? Absolutely. But that portion, no. Um, it, that was, so that was my beginning of my journey. Um, that was also when I met my husband, he was also in a really health unhealthy state too. So we kind of met ourselves each other at the worst part of our lives and then kind of grew into better. So, I mean, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother time. But um, we met up in Cedar City and then I left first to back to Vegas and then he followed and then we got married in 2008. So I moved up to Cedar City at like 2006, seven, and then moved out and got married in like 2008 in Vegas. So 
my real love for, I would probably say then is what it is because I got that, that portion healed. Um, realizing, like now what, right? Like I'm delivered yeah. from this debilitating addiction, right? Yeah. Now, what do I do with all that time, energy, focus? Like yeah. that's gone, but now I have a huge gap to fill here. Yeah. So being raised in an Eastern European family, um, on both sides, my mother's mother and my dad's mother love of food. Our family grew up around the kitchen table. Um, I grew up cooking with my grandmother. Um, every dinner was sat down at the table. You did not eat by yourself. You did not eat in front of the TV. It's just not what it was. So I still have that core value of family does food. Like that's just what you do to love people. And, um, I'm like, okay, this is what I like. Okay. I'm going to feed people when they're around. So friends would come over, I'd make dinner. Daniel, when we started dating, I would make him desserts and just like this, it just felt normal for me to be able to be like, this is, this is now this, the part of healing now I'm nourishing. Right. So I'm not even too worried about the health behind it. Um, I was always a healthy eater. I always listened to my body. Even since I was little, my mom will tell stories of how I would choose broccoli over like meatloaf any day. Yeah. Um, still would to this day because meatloaf is disgusting in my opinion, but I would, I would chant for beets. So I, I match you <laughs> <in this> weirdness, <laughs> but, um, so I'll fast forward a little bit. Uh, I got, I was in a law office job and I just hated my life. I mean, this is stupid. Um, housing bubble burst. We were looking for a house. Didn't work out how to move in with Daniel's parents. I'm like, I'm done. Like I love food. I love watching the food channel. I love doing all this. I know that I have some food issues that my stomach just doesn't like. Um, and I want to be able to cater to people who also have the same issues I do. Um, gluten intolerance, dairy intolerance, some other stuff. And that also has to do with trauma from being anorexic and all the stuff in my body just healed. Um, and I just chose to not eat that way because I knew how it made me feel. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, well, I'm going to go to culinary school. So <laughs> on a whim, Daniel, we're living wow. with his parents. And I decide to go to culinary school, um, start there. And then we end up finding a place and moving out and getting our own place. And, um, I ended up getting pregnant with our first daughter and graduating eight and a half months pregnant with our first daughter in wow. culinary school. But it was such a fun time because it brought me back to childhood moments when I would cook and feel that comfort. So it gave me that comfort of knowing this is what feels normal. This is how it should be to be able to nourish your body with real food. And, um, it felt home. Now, did I follow through with that and get a job surrounding it? No. Um, I ended up going to Starbucks being a shift supervisor and because I've always been drawn to people like somehow these two things have to intertwine. Um, when I got stopped you after like these beautiful moments when you're, you know, in culinary school and you're like, I love this home is being restored in a way that I didn't expect. And no, honestly, I'm not going to continue this. Um, I saw what it did professionally to some of my friends and other, other people. So it's a very vicious doggy dog world. It's very competitive. And, um, I had a moment with the Lord in this whole process going, I could have a family and be a mom or I could have a career. Mm-hmm. And I just, there was something in me that just wasn't willing to sacrifice my family for a career. When I watched what my parents did for me and my sister, they did yeah. the best they could. They did the best. Like I will, I will never hold that against them. Um, but having said that, I'm not willing to repeat that 
with my own family. I'm like, God, if you say that you're good and all this, there's going to be a way that I can do what I'm passionate about and still have family. And so I, um, I took a minute, uh, and I actually had our daughter and I got a job being like a manager at a little boutique clothing store in the district in green Valley for a while. And then my older sister still lived in Vegas and she's like, Hey, um, I work as a manager and a ship supervisor at Starbucks. You like people and coffee. Why don't you do that too? And I'm like, it pays more. So why not? Yeah. So, um, applied and got it and fell in love. I was around food and coffee and people, and it just felt at home because that's where I was in Cedar city. That's where I really met Jesus in Cedar city too, is I managed a coffee shop. I was around coffee and people and food all the time. So it yeah. just felt normal. Yeah. Um, and of course what came with it is, is benefits and pay. Like that's just normal stuff that you, you have to have that stuff to survive, especially okay. when you're bringing little people into the world. Like yeah. these things still don't shift from your mind. Totally. Um, but that eventually really um, changed as I had more kids. I had three of my four kids while I was involved with Starbucks. But towards the end, um, I actually hemorrhaged with my second son and lost a lot of blood. Stayed home because um, I delivered them all at home. Probably should have gone to the hospital and got a blood transfusion. But my midwife was amazing, stopped it with Pitocin, and we built up my blood naturally at home. So, I mean, there was a lot of, that's a whole nother conversation with home birth that I can, that I'm super passionate about that I can go into, but, um, yeah. say that for another time too. So if anybody wants to ask me about that, that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> did a lot of research, knew what was safe for me, knew what I could handle, um, fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And so, but knowing what my body went through, I was only, I was 24 when I had my first one and then 26, 27 when I had my second. So you get a little older, your body changes and, I, unfortunately, I, I can pinpoint back when my health started declining and weird things started happening after I hemorrhaged with my son. So that brought me on to a whole new, a whole new, deeper intimacy with, with God and asking him like, why is my body doing these weird things? Like why, what happened? Nobody talked to me about these things. How can I, like, how can I bring reconciliation to why I'm doing this. I thought I was doing all the right stuff, but my body's still acting this way. And, um, I'm like, I don't, I'm tired of taking antibiotics. I'm tired of taking all these supplements. What am I going to do? And, um, I quit Starbucks because there was just so much stress surrounding that as well. I was having more kids. The kind of hours they were asking me just weren't sustainable. Daniel's job was different. And I'm like, you know, God just said, you're good. So I'm just going to quit. And, um, there was a opening with my midwife. I ended up becoming her office manager. And that gave me the ability to really help support somebody who I loved and I believed in and be a part of something I was super passionate about, um, but also take time to learn my body, learn what was healthy for me to recover from having kids, to be um, sustained as a mom and still have a full-time job to be healthier after postpartum to help these other moms. And I found myself when I was um, even, I would design events for her to bring together the community of the moms, postpartum, pre- prenatal, all these things. And I found myself just thinking of catering food. I'm like, well, what brings people the most joy? What brings people's um, vulnerabilities out in their walls down? It's food. So I went on this research and journey and just something clicked and I'm like, there's so much healing stuff, even with food. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And just like 
being mindful of when you're hungry, when you're not, do you have a good relationship with food? If not, why? Like all the something else started just like rolling up inside of me. And I just became super passionate about it because I was doing my own health journey or why am I not getting well? Why am I not the way I was? Why is my hair falling out? Why am I so tired? Why is my skin doing weird stuff? Like all these things and, um, being quiet before God and even getting these little, um, like whispers going, Hey, look this up. And I'm like, I've never heard heard about that in my, in my, in my life. Not anybody telling me this, but like, I'll be quiet with God, just sitting and praying or reading the Bible. And I'll have this thought go across my mind. Look up this disease, look up this iron deficiency, look up this nutrient deficiency, look up this with this. And I'm like, yeah, it all makes sense. And so, I mean, my passion just kind of grew from there. So probably about 2017 is when I really became super passionate about nutrition and realizing um, the holistic part of it and how it all intertwines, being really mindful of what you're eating, when you're eating it, um, how you prepare certain things, what your body works best with what it doesn't work best with eating raw vegetables. Isn't the best for people. Sometimes you need to cook them. Actually some, some foods you actually need to cook to get the most nutrient density out of it. And you're actually doing more harm eating it raw and like all these different things that just blew my mind. I'm like, Holy moly, this is wild. It's a whole nother thing. And it's a game changer. Like you don't need all this medication to feel better. You can pinpoint these things and start whittling it down. Now, do you need it sometimes to help with chronic issues? Absolutely. I'm not against Western medicine. I'm on thyroid medication myself. So that was a whole other story too, where I really fought the Lord on that too. And he's like, your body needs that to be able to heal right now, to be able to get you to a place of where we can find the root cause of it to be able to heal. And that's where I'm on my journey now is finding the root cause of some other health issues that I'm having. Can you share um, some of the initial ones that you started to experience where he yeah. like, you look up something and then like you actually felt that change happen? Yeah. So the big thing for me was I am Czechoslovakian, right? So I'm a very hairy person by nature. Um, and my hair thickness and just amount of it was very important to me because it shows health. I know that your hair, skin, and nails are the first thing to go when you have something issues with your body. Um, there's something internally in me that I knew without me knowing. Um, so when my hair started falling out, I'm like, I heard a postpartum hair loss that was fine, whatever experienced it, but I never started getting it back, especially after I, I did get it back after my first, but after my second, after I hemorrhaged with him, things just weren't lining up. Um, and my body wasn't, I was tired a little bit more often. Yeah. You have newborn too. Like, and you're working with jobs. It's fine. A lot of that played into it. But the thing that really threw me off was my hair loss. Um, just coming out in clumps, my eyebrows thinning out more, um, my skin being very dry. And I'm like being constipated more. And I'm like, this is not normal for me. Like what is happening? Yeah. And it also was very difficult for me to get pregnant with my, and by very difficult, let me rephrase this because it's very, I don't want to sound insensitive to people who have a hard time getting pregnant. That's not what I'm saying because there is a real issue. And that's, and that's a, that's a hard thing to come by for me. I was very fertile, very easy to get pregnant. I had unprotected sex once got pregnant, boom, done my first two, very easy. So that was my assumption with my third Well, having high stress from work, Daniel's job changing, hemorrhaging, having an umbilical hernia correction, like all these things happening. It took me almost a year to get pregnant with my third 
um, with my daughter and we were very intentional about it. And that was emotionally really hard for me because I'm like, why am I having such a hard time getting pregnant with her? There should be no reason why I'm having such a hard time being pregnant with her. Mm. Um, but the foggy brain, I started having a really foggy brain. Um, again, hair thinning out, um, just having trouble sleeping and I'm like, there's just something off. I knew in my gut something was off and I just didn't know. So finally get pregnant with Eleanor and we're driving to California to see my mom. I'm probably about like three months pregnant and we're driving along the Canyon. And I hear, I feel like the Lord says to me and I hear this audible thing in my voice, look up Hashimoto's. What the heck is Hashimoto's? I'm like, I don't even know what that is. I mean, I heard my sister mention it once because she said that she had it. I'm like, but I don't know anything about it. Like, what the heck is that? So I look it up and sure as crap, like all the symptoms I'm feeling, wow, everything matched it. And I'm like, so I get back from that trip and I have um, my midwife run labs to confirm all these things. And it's showing hypothyroidism, which is on the road to Hashimoto's. But when you're pregnant, your body, it's interesting, the fetus will send out these stem cells to be able to heal the mom's body. So this is why a lot of moms don't experience um, autoimmune diseases when they're pregnant, when they don't experience like all these chronic illnesses because your body gets healed by your baby. It, wow. It's it's the wildest thing. It's wild. So um, she, my midwife got di- diagnosed with Hashimoto. So she's like, oh, I know this. So well, let's just keep an eye on it. We'll support you the best we can. And after you have her, let's test. And my body started showing signs and it tested positive for wow. antibodies for all these thyroid issues. Um, I'm like, this is wild. And so that sent me on a really big journey as to how can I heal this naturally? Um, because I don't want to take medication. I don't feel like I needed to. And I did get it into remission um, for a while. Um, and then just stress and life happened. And I got so angry with God. I'm like, you promised me you would give me all my hair back. You promised me you would restore all this stuff. You promised me all these things. Why am I not seeing it? And, um, and I'm like, I don't want to take medication. And finally it was just so kind. Like when I'm sleeping, he's like, you can go on medication. It doesn't mean I'm not going to heal you. Your body just needs a little extra help. So let's just do this together. I'm like, but you're supposed to do these miracles and these wild things and just heal people. It's like, I'm healing you. You need to do it my way. And I'm like, Okay. And I broke down, I took thyroid medication and it helped tremendously. Um, and then I went into remission and it went away right before I got pregnant with my last. And so like I, it healed. I even got it confirmed. Like God gave me a brand new thyroid, confirmed it with an ultrasound from the person I was seeing from all these nutritional things that I was doing and with help from thyroid medication, but I weaned it down to the lowest dose you could go. What were and, some of uh, those things that you were doing? Um, so I changed my diet. I was, I was plant-based. Um, but I had to look back and say, when did I feel my best? And it was when I was eating no grains, no dairy, no soy. So what people will call the paleo diet, um, with, with addition of like black beans and like sweet potatoes, there are certain things that I was able to tell. I I've become so in tune with how my body feels. I can tell what doesn't, doesn't work. Like, like don't take the sweet potatoes. <laughs> oh no, that's my I like. I can't. But I eat that with like in the morning for breakfast. Yeah. Like, just, like don't take those away from me. I know. Um, no, it's just I've become. I feel like I have this gift to be able to intuitively know what my body does and doesn't need. Like I can automatically be like, oh my gosh, I'm zinc deficient, and I just know that's just what I am. 
am and then I'll have a blood test and it confirms it. I just know before any of these things confirm, it's just something I've been gifted to be, I've found that I'm gifted to be able to do, I can automatically. And when I listen to somebody about more times than not, I can tell them like, oh, there's a root cause, but this is causing this deficiency. Like, I just know. Yeah. Um, and that, and that led me on a journey of getting my nutritional certification. So in that way I had this training behind me to give people the ability to see, Hey, I'm invested in myself. I'm also invested in you, but also that it was in line with this gift that I know I have. And because this was all coming to surface when you were the office manager. When I was an office manager at Sweet Beginnings. Yeah. When I was pregnant with, um, when I was pregnant, well, after I just got done being pregnant and having Eleanor. So 2018 and then getting pregnant with my son in 2019. Okay. Um, so, so you're seeing like this condition just leave and then you're changing your diet completely and you're seeing maybe yeah, and I add in, go away and other benefits start to happen. Yeah. So I see, um, I see how not to change a diet, but like adding certain supplements in, okay. um, you change of lifestyle, like how I manage stress and, yeah. um, it, saying, putting up boundaries, saying yes to things and no to things, um, taking a holistic approach to it, knowing that I have to be able to manage myself better in order to be my best self to be here for these people that I've oh, dedicated my life to. So, oh. um, that was a whole journey in and of itself because I'm not used to boundaries. I'm used to saying yes and people pleasing. And that was something that I was really dealt with in this whole journey as well as learning how to be comfortable with who I am. And yeah. it was weird because I remember specifically on my 30th birthday, it was like that day, all of a sudden I woke up and I'm like, I feel really comfortable being me. Oh my gosh. I'm really okay with just being myself and who I am. And yeah. like that people pleasing thing was gone. I don't know. Like the, the Lord was so kind. Just, I woke up on my 30th birthday and I'm like, it was gone. I didn't care about people pleasing anymore. And I was able to heal from those like rejection wounds and stuff like that. And am I still working through that? Absolutely. Like he's still bringing things up with for me, especially in this past season, mm -hmm. um, on a deeper level, but that main hold was just gone. And it was, it was the most freeing wild thing I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah. And I was able to make decisions based on that instead of trying to please everybody around me. And that even meant my kids and my husband as well. Like yeah. putting my health because that changes the entire chemistry yeah. and energy in your body also. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like my cortisol was out the roof. And now yes. like when I just had it retested, was it really low? And it's because of stress. It's it's chronic stress will do that to your body. And it's well, interesting. All the extra energy it takes to yeah. be thinking through how to please somebody that you can't ultimately please. Like that's a lot of energy. It's so much energy and you don't realize you give yourself like yeah. you literally give yourself sure. now. Am I for like the whole movement of, Oh, do you, do you self-love? Yes. To an extent, like you still have to be mindful. We're not here just to please ourselves and to self-care ourselves all day long. There's a bigger purpose to everything we do. Right. I'm not here to just keep this information that I'm learning to myself. I'm here to learn, yes, to better myself. Absolutely. Because my life is going to show fruit of how I can help you. Yeah. So um, it happen. like, okay, so you're, you're working, you're seeing all these changes. Now you're starting to see not just suffering and all the confusion, but now God is answering and moving in different ways. Like he's giving mm -hmm. you wisdom. You're following through. It's lining up. He keeps giving mm -hmm. you these answers. It's almost like you're on this like treasure hunt with him. Yeah, absolutely. Shift where you're like, <clears throat> 
oh, I have to give this to all the humans, right? Like yeah. turn into this passion and career for you. Well, it honestly helps. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it actually happened with my kids, to be honest, because they're my closest people. Yeah. Um, and they're not as stubborn as like your husband who's like, yeah, I'll do it, but then I won't do it. But he had a peptic ulcer who I, of what I was able to heal through supplements and wow. food. And so, and, and lifestyle change. Now, did he follow through with it? Does he still have issues? Yes. But I mean, but the fact to see that I was able to give him this protocol and he did it and it healed it and we didn't have to take like all these antacids and everything that, that was huge. That was around the time that Ezra was born, my second born. So that was around 2015. Okay. So it was just these little treasure things. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, this really does work. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not weird voodoo, crunchy crap that people talk about, although I am pretty crunchy. Um, (laughs) It's not weird. Like there's no, there's no weird stigma behind it. I think if you realize that God made your body a specific way, yeah. And he made the things of the earth to be able to sustain you for a reason. Then, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it doesn't have to be weird. It people now, people have made it weird. People have partnered it with the demonic and the, and the enemy's side, like the devil's side and have tweaked it and perversed it um, and use it for, for evil, not for good. But to throw everything out, like throw the baby out with the bathwater is like spitting in a good father's face saying this isn't good enough. Like, why not take it back and redeem it? Like, why not take Chinese medicine back and realize that there are some amazing things that they do with herbs and like pressure points that are for real, for real. I took I took pressure points for my kids and I was at a, at the like end of my rope going, God, I'm so dumb giving them ibuprofen and for all like teething and for headaches like, and for fevers like what? what can I do? I need to number one, know when it's bad and when it's not, when to go to a doctor, when not. And then what can I do? So then he led me on this journey of like, well, try pressure points. Like something just came to me. Like I had my moment of pressure point thought and I'm like, okay, let me just look it up. Thank you, Dr. Google. So look up on Google, like pressure points for constipation, for fever, for teething. And I started doing it on their feet. And I brought down my kid's fever by like a point and a half by doing pressure points. I'm like, Wow. I'm like, holy crap. Like just enough to make them not uncomfortable anymore. So now do I sometimes give my kids ibuprofen and all that stuff when it's like, hi, absolutely. I don't let my kids suffer. I don't let myself suffer. Like, let me put it back this way. (laughs) I'm getting better at not letting myself suffer because I have a stubbornness side of me of being like, no, you can do it naturally. But then sometimes my body's like, try again. So, um, and that again comes with depleting topsoil and just how foods are produced now and over vaccination and over antibiotic. There's so many things that I'm seeing now revealed to me that were done in the nineties and the eighties that they didn't, they did the best they could. They weren't informed as much as we are now. And so unfortunately our bodies are now and our generation are dealing with it, but we're able to reverse that stuff and do the more sustainable things. We're choosing to make these better choices for our kids and other generations. And I really believe there's this, there's this movement now of it's almost over information. So everybody's almost too informed, um, which can be a problem in and of itself as well. Is Uh, that where you feel like you kind of come into, like, where do you, 
specialize. Like if somebody doesn't know you on the street and you're like obsessed with nutrition and have this mission to like save their life, right? Yeah. <laughs> or just make it way better so they yeah. can thrive. Like how would they know you or like what do you actually, what's the journey you take them on? Yeah. So my whole passion is getting this person in tune with their body. So what I mean by that, I mean listening to yourself to know what you need when you need it, because I know that's what I'm really good at doing for myself. I know when I need to do a juice cleanse. I know when I need to drink more water. I know when I need to go, go to bed and have like better sleep. I know when I'm B12 deficient, like there's these things that I'm able to feel in my body and to recognize symptom wise, um, brain fog, stuffy nose, like that I'm able to just naturally figure out to be able to in tune know, oh my gosh, okay, I ate something that's giving me a post-nasal drip nose, right? Like I need to go back and look. And so kind of give them a structure on, well, what's your body saying right now? And let's go back on a journey. Did you journal? Like I love giving people journals and to journal what they're eating, what they're eating, when they're eating it, how they're feeling before and after, how they're feeling during. And so you have this holistic view surrounding of just your food because then you get to see what my relationship is do I have an intolerance do I have a reaction um and it all I've learned that it all really boils down to the gut and so I my second passion is the gut like gut health is huge to me because that is literally where everything everything sits I mean even in the bible they when they talk about feeling and loving it's from the it's from the gut so like from the heart when they say the heart they mean like the center of their being they mean their bowels so even taking it on a very um interpretive journey that way when you really break it down that's what they're talking about i'm like in your gut is also called your second brain for a reason there are neurons that are in there that are actually connected to your brain that's where all your immunities are built that's where like so many things happen so that's my passion is to really get people in tune with their own body and to understand why they have this relationship that they do and to see when something isn't working and how to change it and also go down to say, okay, well, is your gut healthy? Are you, are you holding something there that needs to be released to be able to receive that? And am I a doctor? No, not even close. Do I have a passion for the body? Yeah. Um, I can give advice and I can give suggestions, but at the end of the day, if something is really off, please go see a practitioner. Like, that's also what I tell people. I'm like, I can give you suggestions and I can coach you, but I am not a doctor. I don't know all the medicine behind it. And sometimes you just need to go and just get your blood work done. A good fit to connect with you. Are they recognizing that maybe God is giving them signs too, or are they recognizing that the issues they have just some sort of sense that it's food related, right? Like how would they know to come work with you or that they're a great fit for you? And then what would their, do you take them on a process? Yeah. So, so I think the person who is just, they're at a place where they're like, I just need to get better. Like I know that I'm at the end of my rope and I know there's something more and I just want to be a healthier me. Yeah. Um, and they have to be really serious about it. Cause some people will be like, oh yeah, cool. I'll do that. But I don't want to waste your time. And I don't want you to waste mine. Cause my time is precious as well. Yeah. If you're not going to follow through with these protocols and these things that I suggest to help you, to coach you, to get your mind right. And to be able to have your relationship fixed with, with God, yourself and like food situations, then it's just going to be a waste. And you're going to be going down the circle over and over and over again. So it Almost has to like spiritual nutrition. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. 
because I'm not, I, we're spirit, soul, and body, right? We're three parts. Um, yeah. and I know people are on different journeys and different parts of their journey. Um, but you can't, you can be healthy, but you're not going to be full until everything is really aligned. Mm -hmm. Um, you can be spiritually in tune with God, but physically unhealthy. Hello, me, anorexia. Um, and that deals with your emotions. Like it, there's, everything's tied in together. Yeah. So, um, I, I really, I helped somebody who had a really hard time emotionally and they were just tired of not being able to eat anything and getting a stomach ache all the time. And I helped her to heal her gut and yeah. get her back to a place where she was super healthy. And, um, and if she, when she got sick again and felt out of balance, she went back to the protocol I gave her and her stomach aligned again. And that goes, that goes with journaling and spending time and putting boundaries up and everything. So I don't just approach the situation with just food. I approach it in a holistic view of what is going on all together. So more of a coaching situation, what's going on all together. So that way we can really give you the optimal ability to heal well. And, um, and give you the best way of living. So that way you have these tools. So when the stressful situations come again, cause they will, that you have something to go back to and realize I was doing so well then where along the line did I fall off? Okay. Let's go back to what I know was working. Yeah. And, um, and my goal is not to stay with you forever. It's to give you these tools to watch you thrive and how then from that point on, I know enough about my body to be able to help myself and help those people around me. So duplicating myself is always the best thing because you don't ever want to be the only you, right? I mean, it doesn't, doesn't make sense. It's not productive. It's not even what the Bible says. It says, go make disciples of all nations, not of your next door neighbor. Yeah. So, I mean, of course your next door neighbor, but it's always with multiplication. So um, I hope that answered your question. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking, like, do you specialize with nutrition for after recovery from eating disorders or for postpartum or like these significant events in your own life? Do you focus on those areas? Or I have, yeah. So I have a huge passion for moms that are, um, busy moms, like, cause that's who I relate to. That's who I am. I have four kids ranging from ages 11 to two. Yeah. So, um, just knowing the stress of that and, and, knowing what you can and cannot do and being okay with that. So my, my specialty is with women who have had kids and are in that, in that stage of postpartum. Um, I do love working with pregnant moms, but I'm not pregnant anymore. And I don't relate to that as much as I did before. I can do it. I still have a passion to watch people be super duper healthy. Yeah. Um, but my, my specialty really lies for women and gut health and just, um, moms in particular. So I just love this concept too, just bringing like healthy meals back into the home. Right. Yeah. It if makes, it makes a difference. skills into this too. Look, <laughs> my husband's mad that I don't bring them more in because it's like, I should be 500 pounds by now. And I go, and that's why I don't bring them in because right. you have self-control with cheesecake. So <laughs> I no, love I'm not cheesecake. Who does that? Who does that? Um, I mean, it's been beautiful to watch my kids. Like, for example, last night, my oldest daughter made wanted to make donuts. Yeah. So I bought the I bought the ingredients for her to make baked donuts, and they were they were um, allergen free for everybody to be able to eat. So that full able circle moment too, from what you were just talking about earlier about how God was going to bring 
family back into your home and about how these elements that matter so much to you, you just made it like a casual thing. We just made donuts, but that's actually a huge thing that took yeah. you to get to. Well, and I had to overcome my controlling thing where I'm like, I'll make them get out of the kitchen. Cause I do have those moments where I'm like, you need to just leave. Cause it is my, it's my Zen place. It's my happy place. It's where I'm able to just focus, but also at the same time, like they're not going to learn if I don't let them get in here. But if I let them get in here, I have to leave because it's going to be a hot mess and I can't do the hot mess. So I clean up as I go and they do not. And it drives me nuts. So, I mean, there's still these things that bug the crap out of me and I've had to learn how to be okay with it. Cause they're never going to learn if they're not allowed in there. So even my two-year-old, he'll get a little stool come up and goes, I help cut and I'll be cutting a pepper. So I put his hand on the handle of my knife and I'll cut with the knife, but just those little things of um, just teaching them healthy. Because again, that's just what I know best right now is because I'm with my family 24 seven. I'm in a season of a young family and my heart and my time right now is to pour out into my kids because there's going to be a time sooner than later where they're going to be on their own. And then I'll have the time to go travel and, and see different things that I'm passionate about. But right now um, he's in, I'm in a season of reprioritizing and it's, it's humbling and it's hard for me because I am a go, go, go person, but knowing that I'm teaching them very practical life skills yeah. that they'll have, like next will be laundry. We'll be tackling, but right now we can do donuts. So, yeah. um, that in and of itself is very comforting and, and, uh, I know what I'm doing and I'm doing well. And so I'm able to duplicate that and show people, I'm like, you just got to give it a chance. And pretty much at the end of the day, you put yourself at the bath and be like, okay, I have no control over this. I don't have control. I have control over keeping the safety within this situation. But if they don't make a mess here, they're not going to feel safe making a mess. Like I'd rather than make a mess here in the safety of my home than getting out into the real world, having an issue and then it blowing up and them not knowing how to deal with it. So yeah, bring it back to food. I let them choose. I'm like, Hey, what are we going to do tonight for some nights? But then other nights I have a meal plan and yeah. I try to find a way to get everybody involved. But some days I'm just like, I'm doing it. Please leave the kitchen. Yeah. So being real for a second, but well, what's fascinating about this too, is just like how God has brought you on this journey that you could have never seen happen. It looks like almost mm-hmm. on your journey, like you're moving here, you're moving here, you're getting involved in this. And like, it doesn't, any of it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Right. But now to be in this place where you are, you've shared with me before, like you have this beautiful restoration with your mother. Now you're creating this family that like you didn't come from. So you didn't even see it to know how to create it, but God is helping you create it. Taking something that you were so passionate about, allowing it to be a mission or a purpose to serve other people. It's absolutely insane. And it's just a testimony of how you kept going and kept choosing to seek him in those seasons too. I just can't even imagine how it would have fallen into place like it has now. Yeah. Well, I can't, it's, well, and it's wild too, because I honestly cut out so much. There's so much, so yeah. many other things that happened where it's like, I was down. I'm like, God, I just want to quit. Like I had this point of like, when I was in postpartum depression, that's how I also knew there was something wrong with my body is because I've never just, I've never, um, after I had my son, I ha- I hit real hard postpartum depression. I've never experienced that in my life. I'm like, I just want to quit. Like, I just don't even know why I'm doing this. And that's also, that was also like an alarm bell in my mind going, there's something off Yeah. Um, because I'm not that person. I'm not a quitter. Like you give me yeah. a situation, I'm going to go after it. And even yeah. if I hit those walls, I'm going to break through, hence the name wrecking ball. And uh, even sometimes to my like dismay, but um, 
it, it, the, when I saw those things happen, I'm like, that's not, that's not who I am. Now have I had a softer side now after having kids and now being in my mid to late thirties and yeah, a lot of things have changed. Um, but I'm still am who I am. And, uh, and I know my, my, my deep core character and when it's not showing that I know there's something off too. So, I mean, it's just this deep journey, but yeah, a lot of things really hard and also beautiful happening. I mean, restoration with my mom, restoration in my marriage, restoration with my dad, um, my older sister, like these wild things that I just prayed for, for a very long time. Um, I do remember this very specific time when I first met the Lord in junior high and I got saved. I remember praying and I remember hearing what I felt like God was saying, going, I'm going to give you your entire family, not just your kids, but your parents in previous generations. And I'm like, that's odd. Cause I was really the first one to come to know God in my family. Um, but I never even dreamt about kids or even about my wedding or my wedding. Like that was never on my radar. Even when I was little, I'm like, I don't care about that stuff. I'm going to go live in the ocean with dolphins. Like, I just don't care. Um, I wanted to be a marine biologist surrounded by animals. I just, kids were not on my thing. My younger sister was the one with kids. And then all of a sudden I'm the one with four kids and my sisters don't have kids. I mean, my older sister has one, but she could care less about people. So it's just wild to see how things line up and I'm like I never and then being called out as like a mom to people like I've gotten words prophetic words about being a mom to the nations and a mom to people and just seeing how people come to me and treat me they're like hey and they confide in me and I'm like like a mom and it's it's mind-blowing because I don't go seek that out and sometimes I'm just like I don't want to be around people right now but you need something sometimes that's how you know it's God right because it's not something that you would have pushed for but it's something that keeps evolving and that you keep getting validated and the more you keep following it the doors open right like there's just a path that he clearly has you on and it's totally beautiful to hear where you are because it's been a lot of hard won lessons and pain and prayers that took you a long time to get to but now you're in it so it's just so fascinating that that part of you is like i want to get out of this but god's like no 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 we worked really hard to get you (laughs) so we need you to sit in it for a minute i'm ready to move on now what's the next thing he's like no no you're gonna stand knee deep in this for a minute i'm like okay but it's like it all comes down to it my house i've always prayed as a place of like safety and um, where people actually really meet the Lord. And whenever people come in here, I always end up making dinner and we end up sharing a meal and they all like, just all these things come down. And I'm like, there's something beautiful about the table. Wow. And um, amazing woman whose name was Debbie Titus. She passed away this past year with cancer, but she wrote a whole book about being a hostess of the table. And like, if you look in the Bible, in the temple, that was literally what was before the throne was a table with utensils and chairs and like, for things to be eaten. So, I mean, there's something beautiful about that. And it, and I know there's more to it because I'm like, okay, God, obviously we didn't have like medical things back in the garden or when the fall happened. So what do they do? They used herbs and stuff around them to help with medicinal purposes. So, I mean, it, and I've always been fascinated with the body. I come from a medical background with my family. And so yeah. it's, it's always been something that just come here. So to know that I have that ability to pass it on to people around me, include like, especially my kids, I, I hope and pray that it gives people a step up from what I, what I was dealt. And so that's Already just, happening. It. Yeah, yeah, it's just the whole goal of it. I mean, it's not to keep it to myself. It's to be able to help everybody around me. You ask me for help. I am the worst. Like, I'm not going to charge you. I'm just going to give you the information you want me to give it to you. Here it is. Like, 
people yeah. have yelled at me like why are you charging I'm like because they just need help <laughs> like I don't know here I have another job right now so I mean I don't really need the money but here you go so it's just my heart is to help people and it's always been that way so I love so tell us what you're up to now what God is doing and then how people can connect with you yeah so I am just relaxing and taking the season slow um, yeah I'm almost forced upon to be really honest um again all the health issues finally came to a head um emotional things that I allowed God to work through me are coming through physically now so um going on a journey of communion with him every day, like literally taking communion every day and doing um, body work and emotional release and seeing things work out. Um, But I needed to be in a quiet time of not working and to be able to do that. So I don't have a job right now per se. Um, There may be some stuff on the horizon, um, but I'm taking it, I'm taking it slow, probably until the end of this month. It's, it'll be about a 60 day sabbatical that I've taken to just really be still and to get healthy emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Um, I can't, I can't help other people if I'm not living that life, if I'm not showing the fruit of it. So I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it consciously (laughs) without my conscious being like, "Uh, excuse me, you're preaching, but you're not doing what you're preaching. So um, I'm not the one to do that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not the one to do that. I'm going to do the hard work. If I expect you to do it, I'm going to do it. So, um, just living my best life, being a mom and being still and, you know, just seeing what God has for me. And then, um, I'm always accessible through Facebook messenger. Um, I took a break from social media for quite a while. I feel like I needed to do that. I feel like the Lord was telling me to take a step back for a while. Um, but I'm always accessible through Facebook messenger. So you just look up Stephanie rounds and then private message me and I'm very accessible that way. And you'll take all things, questions, postpartum, raising kids, nutrition. Absolutely. Yeah. If anything, you want me to pray for you? Yeah, absolutely. Want me to hear what God's saying to you? Then yeah, absolutely. Whatever, whatever you need at this point, I am more than welcome to, to just love on you the way that, um, I feel like the Lord's needing to love on you. So yeah. So good. Well, I am so grateful that you've shared a little bit of your, your life, your journey, your story with us. I'm sure so many people can be encouraged by, the subtleties of God, the questions that that we face, navigating different seasons, trying to like unpack your pain or even figure out how to talk to him, how to listen to him. It's so much. And I think that we could have unpacked so many things through your story, your wealth of wisdom and knowledge. So I just want to honor you and thank you for sharing with everybody today. So, so grateful for you. Well, honestly, thank you. I'm super honored and I don't take this lightly. And it was very, uh, stretching for me to be that vulnerable, but there's, there is honestly so much more that I wish I could share. And I'm, like I said, I'm open to answering any questions and hopefully maybe there's a time where I can just unpack some more. So we'll see. Yes. Only good things. The best only good things. come. Listen, if you are not plugged into Courage Co yet, what are you doing? Courage Co. is a faith-based community off social media that you can access from your phone or your desktop literally from anywhere. It is a safe place and a sacred space for you to invest in and live your most courageous and impactful story. You can join us for free for prayer calls and challenges for a monthly subscription where we have monthly masterclasses 
or the God's Vibes Mastermind, where you will get live master life coaching at a price that you won't get anywhere else. 12 weeks of content that we will go through together or you can navigate at your own pace. You'll have lifetime access to that. A community of women doing this alongside of you, a workbook and so many other materials to help you on your journey. And I just want you to imagine for a second, having the courage, clarity, and focus to achieve anything you desire. Walking into any situation, fully confident, knowing you have everything you need to succeed. Embracing challenges and overcoming obstacles with grace and ease. Feeling only love and compassion for others, no matter how they may have hurt you in the past. Standing up for what you believe in and taking unstoppable action to create the kind of world you want to live in. You're in the right place to take your next step on your journey. When you plug into the God's Vibes Mastermind, I'll teach you how to identify and eliminate the self-limiting beliefs and habits that are stopping you from getting the results you want. I'll teach you how to heal old wounds that have negatively impacted your self-image and self-esteem for far too long. I'll show you how to dismantle the story of who you are and what you can or cannot do in the world. I'll help you expand your consciousness from fear-based limitation to love and compassion and service to the world. I'll help you vanquish the inner enemies that are stopping you from being all that you can be. Release your victimhood and reclaim your power. Develop a aligned mindset and habits to boost your productivity and results. Gain deeper awareness of your own inner light and divinity and achieve the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-mastery needed to achieve any goal. You will learn how to think the way God formed, shaped, and anointed you to think and succeed the way he always intended and show up in any situation as the most powerful person in the room, no matter what challenges might appear on your path. If this sounds like something that you want to be a part of, I want to invite you to join the God's Vibes Mastermind. You can get plugged into it over at Courage Co. You can access Courage Co. at any level at www.courageco.org. Together, we will awaken your inner warrior spirit and unleash your capacity to achieve any goal you can imagine. You will become an example of what's possible with God.